Hey everyone, welcome to this episode on the Happy Practice Playbook. I'm Mo Jones, and in each episode of the show, you'll hear conversations with dentists, office managers, staff, and specialists who know how to create a happy practice. Today, we're joined by Arden Jolly, a practice manager with almost 30 years of experience. She is known for creating the Foothills Dental Office Administrators and Managers Association, a study club to help provide support, training, advice, and a safe space for the dental entrepreneur woman in her dental community. She also founded Dental Geek in 2018, which provides dental office coaching and team building. Welcome to the show, Arden. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me today. Uh, it's You know what? It's always an exciting time with our guests, and I'm especially thrilled to be talking with you today because I... I think just looking over at just all your experience and the fact that not, you not only um, started one organization, but two in the same year, like what sparked that passion for you to do not one, but two organizations to help provide support for, you know, these dental offices that you interact with? Well, I have a love for my dental community and I saw a need. And so I just um, decided to do it. I actually, um, have, we are recently converting our study club into an ADOM chapter in the next few months. So we're super pumped about that. But I just saw a need in my community um, for my admin and my fellow office managers and um, just got together and have a great supportive uh, dentist that I work for and team and they've and husband and family. And so they all just chipped in and helped me. And um, I'm a little um, crazy, I suppose. I also went back to get my college degree during that same time. So um, so yeah, I just like to be busy and help, help on my dental community. So, oh my gosh, that's okay. First of all, an ADOM chapter, that is, that's yeah. incredible. That's so awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. We're going to oh start my in October. So we're excited. I am so excited for me you. Too. Thank oh you. Oh my goodness. Oh, well, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but when you started that, that was also to meet a need because your closest ADOM chapter was like an hour and a half away from you, right? That's right. And so um, at the time, that time we couldn't start an ADON chapter because we still were close enough, but they've changed some of the rules. And so they've reached out. So um, one of my fellow office managers in town and I are going to team up and um, convert that group over to an ADON chapter in October. So, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I at this point, what is it that you don't do? The answer is nothing. Only things that you won't do. That's right. I mean <laughs> You've got to try anyway. So. Yes. Okay. So with every episode on our podcast, we like to set the scene with what we're talking about with an interesting statistic. So today's statistic says 86% of employees say the lack of effective collaboration and communication are the main causes for workplace failures. So with that, um, why is it important to communicate well and engage with your team? So I find that interesting. And I actually uh, recently gave some forms for a, a different team, not my team, but a different team to fill out. And I asked what the pros and cons were for working in this uh, practice that they're at. And I found it very interesting that the, probably 90% of the cons was communication. And um, I find that with my consulting um, as well, that a lot of times it's communication in the, in the dental team that people struggle with. And I'm not sure why we find it so difficult to communicate. Obviously, I love to talk, so I am um, think that I'm a good communicator. But part of communicating is listening, and that's probably where I struggle the most um, is doing active listening because I'm always talking. But 
Um, but I did find it very interesting that in most dental teams, there is some sort of shut off with communication and it may be from the clinical side to the front office or hygiene versus assisting um, and that sort of thing. And I do find it interesting that if you ask the team, majority of the time, the dental assistants know more that's, that's going on than anyone else in the practice. And I believe it's because the dentist is with them eight hours a day across the chair from them and they're communicating constantly. And sometimes that does leave out the front office and the hygiene team as well. Um, with that being said, that question asked, it is important because we, if we're not feeling heard and we're not feeling that we're being communicated with, we don't know what's going on in the practice. There is a failure, um, obviously. And then that can lead from not only the team, but it can also affect the patient care as well. And I find that having a morning huddle, which most practices do, but having a productive morning huddle where we're actually communicating what's going on through the day, who's going to be out, who's going to be late, where the needs are, who needs to fill in for who during the day, um, makes a huge difference. Um, but it does have to be a productive morning huddle because that's probably the only time during that eight hours or nine hours that you're working that the whole team is um, together. And so we need to use that time wisely and any announcements that need to be made for the team that everyone needs to be heard and everyone needs to know what's going on. So we're all on the same page. Um, that's a great opportunity to do that. So we don't have that communication failure. So what would you advise people to be become a better communicator? Because you also mentioned that communicating includes listening. Yes. I was actually at a meeting once and we had to sit around this round table and we had to be quiet as the other ladies around the table, you could tell whatever you needed, wanted to tell, you know. And I found myself um, having to stop because I wanted to jump in and I wanted to give advice and I wanted to help and, you know, whatever the situation was across the table. And so with that being said, learning to be an active listener where you're not listening to just to respond or to speak actually really listening to your team member, your doctor, whomever it may be, and patiently wait your turn so that you can um, then speak and give whatever advice or, or say whatever needs to be said. But um, make sure you're, you're patiently waiting and you're listening and you're not just listening to respond very quickly. And um, so yes, active listening is a very important part of communication as well, not just the verbal communication, so. So as someone's active listening, how would you advise someone who maybe when they're, when they're listening, they're trying, they're not just trying to respond, right. but they're also trying to remember what they wanted to, but they're, they feel as though their brain's going 90 miles per hour. Yeah. Well, that's me. And, um, so it, I may not be the best one to give advice. I do like to write things down. So when someone is speaking or I'm in the morning huddle, I usually try to take notes because if I write things down, it helps me remember better. Um, also making sure that you don't have your phone in your hand and you're texting someone while you're trying to listen, you know, make sure that you are, you know, looking eye to eye at the, pe the person that's speaking and really thinking and, and concentrating on what they're saying and try not to be distracted by all the things that we're constantly distracted by in our lives. Um, but again, I'm a note taker, so I like to just jot down little things that'll help me remember whatever's being said, or if maybe I don't need to respond, um, but maybe I just need to listen and make sure I know what's happening for the day. 
Okay, so in this team huddle, as you'd mentioned, we're giving kind of the, we are giving the information that needs to be said to kind of, to get everyone on the same page, correct? I think we live in a world where instant gratification and we really only have about 30 seconds attention span. Yes. So how do you determine what information is important enough to quickly give to your people and your team that they're going to retain and remember, but also be impactful in relaying to that quick, you know, synopsis of just, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So the morning huddle is the time to just give little quick snapshots of what's going to happen because we don't want to go into detail. It's not a, it's not event session. It's not those things. So we need to stay on task and even have a little agenda posted in, in the break room, wherever you have your morning huddle saying, this is what we're going to do. It's important to know where we're going to put emergencies for the day. It's important to know who has large treatment cases to come um, to be pulled up. That's a great pull up weeds analytics on your computer while you're in the uh, morning huddle so that you can see where we stand for that day because that's going to give you your snapshot for your day or your month. And um, just make sure you're focused on who's going to be out, who needs coverage, those main topics, main things that you need to discuss for the day. And just to help you get through the day, make the day most efficient, most productive, and those larger things that can distract us or start into event sessions and things like that, those things need to be held off for the monthly meeting or a private time with, with the team member and the office manager or the dentist. So just stay focused on the things that we need to know for that day, have your schedule pulled up, have we've pulled up, whatever it is that you need to make sure that we're staying focused. And um, if someone brings up a topic that can't be solved in 30 seconds, like he said, then we need to thank you for bringing that up. Let's schedule a time to talk about that later when we're not as distracted and we're not trying to just get this 10 minutes uh, session done so we can move on to our day. Okay. So outside, so we've, you have this engagement with the team on a daily basis with these morning huddles and you mentioned a monthly meeting or if there's a specific situation scheduling a time right. is there any other way to be engaging with the team more broadly since we've got that daily and that more specific situations that are being handled yeah so we the way we like to communicate is we have team chats on weave that we communicate with one another or the front office team has a, a group you know the assistants can have a group the hygienist whomever and or you can individually talk chat with one another and that's very handy so that you're not running all over the place, especially we have a very large office, so it's, it's hard sometimes. And even if you go to that person's operatory, they may not be there. So if you just send them a quick, quick team chat. We also use Slack, which I think we we used to use yes. Slack. I don't know if you still do. Um, we definitely still use Slack, and I, I love Slack. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, we would be lost without it, and it's how we communicate outside of the office um, we, we use the free version. So, you know, it's, it is free and you can do it on your iPhone or Android, but, um, you can download documents, all your HR documents can be downloaded on there. Um, we have one board just for fun that people put funny memes or whatever on. So that kind of brightens the day. And then we have other boards for more serious things, of course, but, um, between the team chat on Weave and Slack, that's probably our biggest way of communicating, um, amongst the whole team, especially if we're not all together. And, and also I find that, um, Slack specifically, um, that I didn't know about that syndrome that sometimes practices have, um, where someone says they weren't aware, you know, the other person was, if you post those, um, 
items on Slack or do a team chat, then there's no excuse. Everyone in the office is responsible for checking their Slack or their team chat, or even if you just used, um, you know, a, a group chat or a group text on your phone. But if it's in writing, it's there. Everyone knows about it and everyone's responsible for themselves to make sure they're looking at that to keep updated for whatever's going on in the practice for that time. So I think it's really great that in addition to providing so many different ways to communicate with your team that that will meet kind of well, that will meet the needs of how people best effectively communicate, you're holding them accountable as right. well. Absolutely. And do you think that the in holding people accountable, it makes for a better relationship between uh, the staff and that who's in charge, who's and you know giving the announcements or the communication? I do. I'm a big believer in accountability. I'm a, I'm a big, huge believer in systems. And if you have the right systems in place, you have to hold the people accountable to do those systems. And I think it makes the practice better. I think it helps the practice grow. I think it's it's better for the dentist. And um, and it's, it's good for the team. And it can make the team successful if you, you know, the old cliche, you got to have the right people in the right seats. And you also have the right systems in place for those people to follow and, and hold them accountable. And if there is no accountability in the practice, it can really cause a lot of tension, a lot of uh, bitterness amongst the team. And if we all just know up front, this is what we need to do. This is how we're going to do it. And there may be a consequence if, there, if it's not done. And, but I do believe at the end of the day, we all want to be held accountable. We need to hold ourselves accountable. And um, I think having the correct uh, communication, correct systems in place, all of that helps makes the team very successful in the end. So one, one more question about these systems that you yeah. mentioned. Do you ever think that these systems can be seen as micromanagement to those that are being held accountable and using those systems? I believe some people would probably do believe that. Um, I believe if you have the systems in place and the people know how to use the system, you don't have to micromanage because you can trust your team that they're doing what needs to be done and you don't have to hover over them um, once everyone knows what they're supposed to do and have the proper training. You know, there's an old cliche in dentistry that a lot of times you enter a practice and you sink or swim because people don't, dentists, dentists don't have time or, the, or they're short-staffed, especially after COVID, we're short-staffed. We don't have time to sit down and train one-on-one and, and do all these things. But if you have those systems in place, if if I leave my practice today, the systems are in place, someone could step in tomorrow and pick up those systems and that's the practice would continue to run smoothly. It's not, I don't, I personally don't think it's micromanaging. I think it's a safe way to make sure the practice is successful and to continue to, to grow and succeed no matter who who comes in because you never know what may happen and a team members change jobs um, they leave they have family different family things going on and so if you have these great systems in place where someone could just step in and take over i think it helps everybody and it helps the team but i can see how some some may think that it would be considered micromanaging so it sounds to me that when you have a correct system in place that's built and designed to fit the practice, your practice as it needs, it is proactive versus being reactive, right? right? Yes. And systems, they're hard to get in place and it's going to take some time 
and it has to be adapted and edited depending on where we are in our practice and where, how we're growing. Um, so it's not something that's just going to stay stagnant because you certainly don't want the same system you were using in 1975. You know, that's obviously not going to work for today. And so we have to be adaptable and we have to be willing to work on our systems and change them and adapt them to the needs of the practice. So I don't believe you just make a system one day and then you use that same system for the rest of your life. It has to be adapted to the practice and to the growth of the practice. And, you know, you may start with three team members and you may not need systems with three team members. You can yell across the room and everybody knows what's going on, but most practices you want to see growth. And if you grow and, and it, I, I found personally as a practice manager from when we went from 10 employees to more than 10 employees, excuse me, we're up to almost 25 now those systems became even more important. And um, because it's hard to get 25 people together in the same room at the same time and to train and to communicate as well as we want to without we've team chats and Slack and you know those types of things. And so as the practice grows, you really have to um, make sure your systems are up to date and your communication um, is up to date on how you want to communicate. We're not communicating, you know, if I, I have some as young as 19 all the way up to age 60, 60 couple, you have to adapt your communication skills to be able to speak to a 19 year old just as well as a 62 year old. Well, change is the only constant we have in this world, That's right? right. That's and right. so I, when you mentioned that you have to be, have your systems be prepared to change and meet the needs of the business. That makes sense, right? right? Also, and I also, I think when the pandemic first started, I think that was a wake-up call for a lot of people, and I'm sure many of our listeners can relate to that, yeah. where it was like, oh my goodness, we have to immediately figure out how we're going to adjust to meet the needs of our practice, but also still serve our patients in a, in a way that's healthy and safe for us and for them. Right. Well, just think of Zoom. I mean, I'm mid-40s. Uh, I had never used Zoom until COVID hit. And, you know, instantly we adapted. We learned how to communicate differently. We had, had to communicate uh, with our team, even though we weren't all in the same practice, you know, any longer. Um, my doctor and I worked through COVID with emergencies. And then we did Zoom calls with our team periodically through those few months to make sure that we were all you know, just make sure they knew that we were there for them, that we cared for them. We were doing everything we could to make sure the practice was safe for them to come back and our patients to come back. But, you know, even during that time, and I will say that the practices that did not communicate well, they, they didn't, all their team members didn't come back together because they felt left out. They felt, you know, they didn't know what was going on. They didn't feel valued or appreciated. And so, that, you know, that goes back to that communication that we've been talking about. It's so important. So when you said uh, your your staff feeling like they were cared about and treated, it reminds me here at Weave, we have a phrase that we say a lot is people, not employees. Right. And how how have you seen any differences in people who are treated just as employees and not as people? So I will say that I... I lead with my heart. I'm not saying that's the correct way to lead, but I lead with my heart. And it is very important to me for my team to personally know that I'm there for them. I care for them and I value them. And I believe just 
what I know about Weave, that they treat you guys the same way. And those that are more standoffish or hard, I think there is a disconnect sometimes between the employees and the, the managers or the dentists, whomever's, in, whoever's leading the team. And I'm not saying it's the wrong way. It's, it's different from what I do. And um, I will say, I, I know that my team feels appreciated and valued. And I believe that le leads to longevity, staying with the same team. You don't see as much turnover and those sorts of things. And right now it's a different world for us in dentistry as far as um, hiring. And we've never seen anything like this. And if you can do something, if it's communicating better or making them feel appreciated, and I'm not even talking about salary or, or money. I'm talking about just having a heart for your team and making sure they know that you're there for them. I think it makes a huge difference right now when we're needing to hang on to our team because there's a shortage out there. You know, there's not as many hygienists and assistants and admin like there were pre-COVID. And um, so whatever you can do, ask your team, ask them what, what makes them feel appreciated. I think sometimes dentists thinks that it is money and sometimes it is money. I don't, mean to neglect that all, most of us are working because we need money we're not just working for uh, for fun um you know or we'd be volunteering somewhere but you know it could be something else it could be a pat on the back it, you know just write your team a card saying i saw you i saw how you were with that patient today and you really you know lessened their anxiety while they were here today you know just little things that you could notice by just listening like we talked about earlier and um, just jot them a note or verbally say, say, and if they feel like they're making a difference for you and the team and the practice, it makes a world of difference, uh, I believe, in, in hanging on to that team. If you have a great team, you need to hang on to them. It's gonna cost you more money, more time, trying to replace them, train another group of people, than if you just spend a little extra time showing appreciation, value, and those types of things for your team and communicating. That's the biggest, biggest thing. I, I am also someone who I very much lead with my heart. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I just, I just want everyone to feel happy and Me warm too. and fuzzy. I think some of our listeners may feel they're not like that. They're just, they're much more logic. And yeah. I, I think there's a concern that if they may feel if they're leading with their heart, like you and I do, and show that care, that it may cause a more casual relationship with their staff and lead to kind of more easiness and less professionalism. So how how would you address that? And and you're exactly right. And it's it's a fine line. It's hard to um, where do you draw the line between manager or you know leader from friend and. Um, and it's, it's very difficult and it's hard. And I, you know, I think my team knows if I, if I, I they call it my mama voice, if I have to use my mama voice, um, because we, you know, we need to address something. I do always try to do that in private and one-on-one -on -one with them. I still try to do it in a more caring way, probably than just being, you know, this needs to be done this way. Though you could probably ask a few of my team members, I probably have done that before because um, as well. But it just depends on the situation. But you're you're right. We do still need to be professional. We still have to draw that line. And we can't not communicate things that need to be communicated just because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. But we can do it respectfully and kindly. 
I believe. And um, because you do have to draw the line so that you you can be friends, but you still at, at work, they still know that I'm, at the end of the day, I have to be the manager. I have to make sure things are being done correctly and that the patient care is done well and the practice is is doing well. So, um, but it is hard. It's hard as a leader who does wear their emotions on their shoulder, like you just said, and um, it can make the day very challenging, but it's it's just part of it. But I do believe you have to be professional, but I do believe in being respectful as well. And we, you've kind of touched upon this and I'd love to, you know, dig a little deeper in it, but how, how else can you establish that expertise or authority, you know, on the flip side, we're, we're showing that care and love for people, but they know. But then on the other side, how do we still do that without coming across as arrogant? Yes. Well, well, I, of course, I am called the dental geek, so I am a, a geek at nature. So I do love to learn. I do attend a lot of meetings, and I do read a tremendous amount of ridiculous books. But um, so my team do, do know that they can come to me anytime if any questions or concerns so that I can kind of educate them or train them. I'm a, I love to make PowerPoints. So my team, you know, they love, um, to see all my PowerPoints that I like to make, but I try to just train them and educate them the best I can and, um, show my PowerPoints and things of that nature. But you should also encourage them, you know, and, and this is something that I've ran into recently is, as the leader or the manager, we also have to, and I've, I failed at this, um, we can't do everything for our team. We need to make sure they know how to do it as well. Even though sometimes people like me with my personality, I wanna do it for them and try to make their lives much easier. But I also, it's kind of like being a mother, I also need to teach them how to do it so they can do it for themselves. And then they can feel more confident with themselves instead of me always fixing the problems for them. And I have recently uh, found that I have done that for many years and I don't think I realized it until it was pointed out to me by my my doctor. And um, in a respectful way, of course, but so I do think as a manager, Yes, we need to do things to make our team lives much easier, but we also need to educate them, train them, and build them up so that they can learn to do those things themselves in case one day I'm not there or, you know, multiple people in the practice need to know how to do multiple things, and we shouldn't just leave it to one person um, to do. And I do see a lot on those office manager forums where there's a lot of us out there that we're the only ones that know how to do specific, you know, A, B, and C, but we do need to empower our team and let them feel just as confident in being able to do those tasks as well. When you were talking about training people, but also essentially allowing them the accountability to learn for themselves, it made me think back to a time many moons ago when I worked at a retail store and I was a manager and we did baby gear. And I would just train them on how to fold down strollers, things like that, because we would have demos. And there was one time I, it was probably 20 minutes, I made someone, like, I wouldn't help them. I just said, try to fold it down. How do you break it down? He eventually got it. He was so mad at me, though. Oh. And he was like, this is the worst day ever. But the story gets better, I promise. 
it was like probably a couple weeks later. I'm in the back just doing some things. And he comes in. He's like, Mo, I just did a demo with the stroller. And I knew how to fold yeah. it down. And I did it so quickly. And I was like, see? And I just, it was like a running joke, though. Like, you're never going to forget how to fold down that stroller now because right. you struggled through. But I think it's important that we provide that training for people, giving that opportunity. And like, you know, like we've mentioned before, even with communication, holding that accountability. Because they we can't always hold their hand or help them. And it also, I think, empowers them too. Because then it they does. get excited when they come back. They're like, oh my gosh, after that training, I remembered that and I did it. And, you know, he made that sale. And I was like, I'm so That's proud awesome. of you. That's great. That's exactly right. We have, um, there's a special x-ray that you have to take um, to have an implant guide made for someone with implants and dentures and things like that. And and for the longest time, I was the only one that knew how to, to do it. So I, I, I've showed a few assistants how to do it. And, and uh, one of my assistants did it for herself the other day. And she was so excited, just like he said with the guy with the stroller. And, and it was great to see. Now, at first, she was frustrated because it's, it's, you know, you got to learn something new and all this. But she did it all by herself. She didn't have to come. Um, she did have me come check just to make sure. But I didn't. I, hands off. I didn't do anything. She did all by herself and she was so proud of herself. And to see that, that that's what we're supposed to do as leaders. We're supposed to lead others to be, feel more empowered and be able to grow and succeed and do great things and not, not to hold them, hold them down or hold them back. And, and if we don't show them how to do those things and show them how to be bigger and better then we, we're holding them back as leaders. Well, and I think when we when they when people feel held back, they leave. They do. And you and you mentioned how it's so important. It's even critical in, in the day and age we live now to keep and retain our staff. And so, giving them opportunities to grow and learn, even if it's something so simple, is it's absolutely critical and crucial. I yes. I think. I'd agree. One hundred percent agree. And it doesn't matter how small or how big the task was, but you made him feel empowered, even though he was frustrated with you at first for making him do it. But at the end of the day, he learned how to do it. He made a sale. I mean, it was, it was a great opportunity for him. Yes. And, and with that empowerment, how do you think that when we empower our people and our staff and encourage them to go out and do that, that also helps in their communication skills with not only patients, but also their, their coworkers. Absolutely. I um, worked for an orthodontist for many years and I was very young when I started working for him. And, and when I speak, I always tell, talk about him, especially in my community, because everyone knows him and he's a fantastic leader. I was a brat when I started working for him, absolute brat. And I, I don't even know why he didn't fire me, but he saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself. And he gave me, not did, he did not fire me. He actually promoted me to a different position trained me, empowered me to do it. And I did it extremely well. I love that position. But then it came time for me to grow and do something even bigger. And he support, even though it wasn't at his practice, he supported me a hundred percent on my, my new move, my, and let me spread my wings. And, and I will, he actually just did a video for his 40th, uh, his 40th year in orthodontics. And they invited me back to do a video for him, a little clip. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be where I was today if, if he hadn't believed in me enough to show me how to close the stroller, just like you did, and gave me an opportunity to believe in myself 
And I firmly believe that's why I am where I am today. And if it wasn't for Dr. David Hamilton in Little Hickory, North Carolina, um, I would have never done Dental Geek. I would have never started the study club. I would have never been a practice manager. Um, and even though I didn't get to grow at his practice, he still mentored me and supported me to be able to do what I needed to do. And it's, it's amazing. It's amazing what someone believing in you and empowering you. It's amazing how it can change your life. So it really sounds like he followed the, the model of either coach up or coach out. Absolutely. And he definitely coached you up. How would you determine if you're looking at somebody and even if you're, if you're thinking about yourself when you're in that situation, how would you determine how, if you want, if you're going to coach somebody out or coach them up to be able to get them uh, in a better place, like in your situation? Yeah. Well, I firmly believe in, I do try to coach and lead everyone up and build everyone up. And sometimes, sometimes they'll stay with you and they can grow in your own practice. And sometimes you have to support them and allow them to go and, and spread their wings at a different um, career choice or job opportunity. And as long as you know in your heart that you've, you've loved them and you've done everything you can to empower them and lift them up, again, sometimes it can manage and stay inside of your practice and they can help you succeed. And sometimes it's something better opportunity for them to use their degree or use their skills at another practice or another opportunity. And so you just have to really support them. And, and I know right now it's really hard because it's hard to support someone that's wanting to leave, maybe possibly leave your practice, but you have to, you have to, you have to let them, them grow. And just like Dr. Hamilton did for me, he mentored me, he grew, and then I outgrew that space and I had to get out. And I'll tell you what, getting out of your comfort zone will make you um, grow very quickly. And I do believe sometimes if we stay where we're comfortable and not step out into the uncomfortable zone, we won't grow as much um, as we probably should or, or could. And, um, and it was very difficult to leave that practice and that I had loved and poured so much time and effort in, but I did get out of my comfort zone and that did almost force you to, to grow and, and move on. And, and I believe that's the same for my team. If I, one of my team members came to me today and had an amazing opportunity, I would support them 100% to make sure that they took that opportunity and did what's best for them and their family. And, um, and that's, that's what we have to do as leaders. We have to, to grow them and watch them leave the nest per se. And, um, and we still just have to love and support them no matter what, if they're, it's your practice or if they grow on to a different practice or different opportunity. Have you ever seen in doing that and allowing people to grow where maybe they are going to leave or expand that they end up staying? And it ends up being okay, good for them as well. Yes, actually, I have. And um, sometimes, you know, you have to go out and, and test and see what's out there. And then you'll find that, you know, you're fine and content where you are and you can still grow in that same uh, position. Even You know, even as a hygienist or assistant, if you have someone that's very successful and, and holds themselves accountable and, and goes above and beyond, Maybe you can make a different position for them if it's a lead assistant or lead hygienist or assistant office manager, whatever it may be. But maybe if you have someone that you really trust and value and they're working extremely hard, maybe you can adapt your practice to fit the needs that they need so you can hang on to them, especially now. 
Um, but so yes, absolutely. If you find someone that comes to you and honestly says to you, you know, I'm considering leaving and I've got this other opportunity, maybe you could talk with them and see if there's something that you could do in your own practice to make them um, still be able to grow and succeed, but stay within the same walls that they're already in. Which, of course, with our entire conversation, I think that goes back to communicating. And I think not only having regular cadences with your team as a whole, but also with individuals and knowing how they're feeling, what they're wanting to accomplish. And, you know, our listeners who are office managers or, you know, practice owners, knowing what they can do and if, if they need to modify their business to meet not only the needs of their patients, but also to keep their people happy. Absolutely. So, again, back down to, you know, communication and accountability because I think that puts accountability on not just your staff and those who are reporting to you but also to you to them and I think that creates a really strong um a very strong relationship with each other and and you have you have happy people all around right absolutely (laughs) and having those one-on-ones with your team even don't wait till they're ready to leave and they're sitting down to have a conversation with you about what opportunity they've been offered have one-on-one with them every quarter or something and just get, make sure you know what's going on in their lives. You know, we get busy in the, in the dental practice and sometimes it's easy to forget that our team have lives. They have children, they have maybe have parents that they're caring for. And they, you know, and, and I'll tell you what, I found this very interesting at Weave um, when I came down to visit or, or came out to visit, but um, they care about your families. They care about what's going on in your lives. They may change you may change your hours. You may be able to work from home. And obviously we can't really do a lot of work from home in dentistry, but be adaptable and be able to change and try to fit the needs of your team, especially if you have an amazing team. Do what you can to adapt to fit whatever needs they have. If it's a childcare issue, maybe someone needs to leave 30 minutes early because they're a single mom and they need to get to their child's ball game because that's the only support system this child has. Surely we can, as a team, cover that that space for 30 minutes, um, you know, or if someone needs to come in a few minutes late so they can get their child to school or what, whatever the case may be. But talk to, talk to your team and find out what they do need because you, you don't know all that's going on. And I'm not saying you have to open up and have, you know, know every detail about their lives. But if there's something they're struggling with that's affecting their work, talk to them about it and see if there's a way there may not be but see if there's a way that we could make it work um, to make their life a little bit easier because if their life's easier they're not thinking about who's going to pick up my child today or is is someone going to be there to to get my mom to the doctor there's a way to focus more on their work and be there for their patients and the team and um, i remember something as simple as back in the old this is going to date my age is how old i am but um, when cell phones became popular and there's all these dental offices, dentists and office managers that were forbidding people to have their cell phones and, and all this stuff. And, you know, it's just a big ordeal. You know, I had a team member that all she wanted to do was look at her cell phone at three o'clock to make sure her child got all off the school bus into the house all the time. Why, why not let her look at her cell phone for five seconds make sure the child got into the house okay, and then she could go back to work and not worry and know that her child is home safe. So just those little things could make a huge difference in the lives of your of your team. And I, I did notice that at Weave, you know, they're very, 
I don't in tune to what the needs of, of their people. And it was very impressive. Very impressive. I, I definitely have to agree. And I, I, I just second all of that too, especially I, at the end of the day, people, when they go to work, they know it's a business and that, you know, the profit has to be made. But when you take that time to really just understand and meet people where they're at, I think it goes a long way. Even for me here at Weave, sometimes I, my sister's in school and so is my brother-in-law and I have to go watch my nephew. So obviously it's varies from industry to industry, but I do have the flexibility to work from home and right. watch him. Or if, you know, he's being an uh, absolute menace. I love him, but a menace. And it's taking forever to put him down for a nap and everything. <laughs> There's the flexibility that, you know, I can talk to my boss and be like, I'm going to be on after hours, a couple hours to finish up what I couldn't do. And yep. it's totally fine. For at least my job, it's doable. Right. And I appreciate that and being that halfway. And I'm just totally willing to put in that work. And I'm happy to do it because I've, my needs have been met and right. I feel cared for. And uh, then you probably would do the same for your coworker if you're if you're one of the people on your team needed to do the same thing, you would bag them up, support them, you know, do whatever needed to be done at Weave during that time so they could go do the same thing. And, you know, you know, obviously in dentistry, like we said, you can't work from home necessarily. But if if I need to go do something for my child today, then absolutely I want to support my teammate the next day when they might need to do something for their um, family. And, um, and it just goes back to really being a team um, and being there for one another. Absolutely. Yes. I, I am all for supporting team because at the end of the day, we are all individuals who have our own talents and skills, but we work together as a team and that's what makes us successful, which I love. Uh, we are almost out of time, but we, before I wrap up, I love to do what we call a motivational tip, little play on my name there. Um, and it's, you know, just a little, what's, what's one thing you, you would love to give our listeners a page out of your playbook of success. What's just that one little tip you could give? So I, I'm a, um, I like to write cards to my team. I like to jot little notes down. So I have stacks and stacks of different fun little cards around uh, the house or in the office. And I, and I have these cheesy um, cards I bought off Amazon that has these cheesy um, little sayings on them. So I would purchase cards, purchase those little cheesy um, Amazon cards. Um, they're like a business size card. Slip them in there, write a little note. And just handwrite the note, doesn't have to be anything fancy, to say, I saw you do something amazing today, or you're just an amazing person, thank you, and hand it out. And you just give them out occasionally, and it makes such a difference. I'll, I see those little cards taped up on my girls' monitors all the time, and um, and it's just something so simple, really cheap, and it makes it can make a difference in someone's life. And you don't know what they're experiencing that day. They may be having a bad day. And that cheesy little note card that says you're a badass, and they can put it on their monitor, and it can make their day. So I love that. As someone who has gotten sticky notes like that, they are all over my monitor. So that's awesome. That's awesome. All righty. Well, that is a wrap for today. Thank you for being with us, Arden. It Thank was you. so great. And to everyone listening, don't forget to join the Happy Practice Playbook Facebook group, where we'll be discussing this topic more and sharing other helpful resources to help you keep your people happy. And as always, I'll be posting to get all of your tips and tricks as well. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on the next episode. We hope you'll join us next time. It's your girl, Mo Jones. Bye. <laughs>